Good morning. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. We were listening to Sure Sure with Warm Animal. Hope your Monday is off to a great start. I know most of you are working at home, not working, trying to take care of yourselves mentally and physically. If you're not, really consider ways to do that. I feel like people are going to stay home and do all kinds of things they've been meaning to do, reconnect with family and friends, create things, find things in their homes that they started and they think, why didn't I finish that project? Whatever it is, maybe you're writing a script or a book or painting, whatever. I mean, now's the time to really, you know, dig deep and be creative and take care of yourselves. It's, um, it's been very challenging, obviously. So, all right, to kick off the show, we're going to start with um, this wonderful author, Dallas Hartwig. This is very timely. Uh, He has written a book, The Four Season Solution, The Groundbreaking New Plan for Feeling Better, Living Well, and Powering Down Our Always On Lives. How appropriate. How appropriate, Dallas. I'm so glad to have you on this morning. Well, thanks for having me. Tell me about um, how you decided to write this book. You have a really interesting backstory. Yeah, so my parents were homesteaders, and so when I was born until I was five, we lived in a um, basically a, a very small log cabin with no electricity and no running water, and as such, we were really connected to the natural rhythms, um, in particular the, the day-night cycle, and so that was a kind of always in the background for me um, of how I live, and in my adolescent years and 20s, kind of became much more conventional and now, in my midlife, I'm circling back around and recognizing, as many of us do, the wisdom in my parents, even when I was a mm-hmm. kid. Yeah. Um, so, I, I have a background in uh, anatomy and physiology and nutrition, and um, written two books on nutrition previously, and this book is really the prequel to uh, my first book, It Starts With Food. So, in writing The Four Seasons Solution, it was a way to understand how food movement sleep, and social connections all fit together in a seasonally oscillating paradigm. You know, it's really interesting, Dallas. The name of my show is Get the Funk Out. And I always say how you really have to keep uh, tabs on your mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health. And I struggled with being really addicted to junk food and then being very depressed and not being a mm-hmm. student when I was younger. And I see how when I switch things up and I eat just real food and I eat so healthy and organic, it's made a huge difference. Yeah, it's enormous. And, and that was kind of the, the experience that I had both um, in the nutrition research and also in working with consulting clients, that when people fuel their bodies with whole nutrient-dense um, plants and animals with nutritious food, they really flourished. And that's what inspired me to continue doing work in public health education because I saw people just blossom before my eyes and it was such a gratifying experience and I wanted to do it on a larger scale, hence the book series. I love the chapters of your book. Um, You talk about sleep. You also talk about moving to the rhythm. Could you talk about that one? Yeah. um, So much of the way that we move um, or don't move in the modern world is um, so compartmentalized. It's so very binary. And so we either, you know, we're sitting at our desks, um, you know, we're doing work, and then we get up and we go to the gym or we go for a hard run. And so it's very, um, very structured. And uh, the world that our bodies evolved in, um, there wasn't this highly structured um, you know, highly polarized ways of being. So what I'm calling for is 
a reintegration of more movement throughout the course of the day. And that can look like something that kind of the cliche of like taking the stairs, but it can also look like walking, uh, purposely walking, you know, a, a mile to the grocery store to carry things back with you. And what's interesting that I've noticed in my own life over the years is that the more I do things like that, that on their surface seem a little bit contrived, the more I notice some of the psycho-emotional things that well up there. And in the same as the, the ancient world where we would walk distances and carry things as we were hunting and foraging and bringing food home, there is this sense of satisfaction in being involved with my vegetable garden or in bringing food home from the grocery store and carrying it mm-hmm. that I didn't appreciate five or ten years ago and I've really started to understand and notice uh, more recently. I remember going to New York one time. My poor daughter had bronchitis. We were in a hotel and I took a backpack walked, you know, whatever amount of blocks, 25 blocks to the store, Mm -hmm. got the groceries, put in my backpack, you know, and I just grew up in Manhattan, so I was used to that. Right. You know, that's what you do. Yeah, and and most of us, most of us who grow up in um, suburban or rural areas don't have that experience. Often it's like, you know, driving long distances to go to the grocery store or the corner store or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, so New York is an interesting place because of there are there is a lot of walking and carrying, and also it's this intensely urban, hectic, highly mechanized, oh, yes. highly electronic place. So there's a, yeah. a real, um, a real paradox there. Definitely. If you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Dallas Hartwig about his book, The Four Season Solution. Um, I love what you have to say about sleep. Now, growing up, did you have no problem sleeping because of your upbringing and how your parents raised you? Yeah, I, I had no problem sleeping as a child and adolescent, and really, for the most part, I've had very minimal trouble sleeping even as an adult, and I attribute this to sort of setting in, grooving in those really good natural rhythms as a, as a young person, and continuing that habit um, on into my life, and occasionally with stress or jet lag or something, I'll have trouble sleeping, but for the most part, um, as I've developed consistent patterns around dimming the lights, avoiding blue light in the evening, making sure I get bright natural light in the morning so as to stimulate the normal serotonin and melatonin synthesis pathways. Um, My sleep is rock solid other than those kind of extenuating circumstances. I'm so grateful for that because it's such a disruption to our health and particularly our mental health when we don't have good sleep. Right. I was just saying to my family the other day how I believe I have the same sleep habits I did in high school where come a certain hour I'm like Cinderella I shut down it's you're like, done <laughs> I'm done and I still can't stay up past 10 30 11 o'clock and I still wake mm-hmm. up I still need the eight hours or a little more you know I have the same you know dim the lights like you said maybe have mm-hmm. tea no sugar no caffeine you know same thing yeah well you're already on the on the right track and you know with those habits and I think one of the points that I make in the book that's so impactful um that I really want to kind of hit here is that Everyone knows sleep matters, and thankfully over the last five to eight years there's been a lot more research and a lot more kind of public conversation about how much sleep matters and how much um, a sleep deficit costs us um, in terms of productivity, in terms of mental health, all that stuff. Um, And what we're learning now as we look at the research is that it's not just the number of hours spent in sleep, it's actually the number of hours we spend in darkness or relative darkness, very dim light. Mm -hmm. And so what I call for in the book is... Um, a slowing down and a distancing from artificial light after dark um, so that we can get into that really deep restorative sleep mode um, so we can have a normal melatonin pulse and we can have really kind of 
feel in that in that sleep rather than um, rather than kind of being in this place where we fall into bed after you know seconds after turning out the lights and seconds after turning on you know our smartphones and TVs off right. and then wondering why we can't fall asleep right away. Yeah, these are great lessons for people with kids too. I mean, I think. The technology, the blue light, all that, you know, is great insight for parents. Yeah, I mean, I have a, um, I have a son who's almost seven, and that's something that we grapple with, you know. And um, it's, not, it's not easy because, I, because I, I'm not calling for us to kind of get away from technology. I'm not calling for us to kind of not, not use artificial light. I'm, what, I'm, what I'm calling for is being intelligent about the way that we use those technologies so as not to interrupt our natural rhythm, so as not to disrupt our circadian biology, and to optimize the way we can live. So this book really is a straddling of the complex, highly digital, fast-moving modern world and the evolutionary biology that gave us the bodies that we have. So I want to ask you this because of what's going on with uh, COVID-19. Here, a lot of people are, you know, in quarantine. They want to stay home. Um, some people can't handle the, the thought of that. But what kind of uh, suggestions would you make, you know, things they can do in the house uh, to stay sane, take care of their mental, physical, emotional health? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's a really great question. And, you know, we're at an interesting season because um, because we are coming out of winter, we're coming into spring, well, naturally we would be the time when we would be spending more time outside and we'd be kind of be, you know, in that energetic way, kind of getting up and around more. Mm -hmm. And um, we can still do that. We can still go outside, you know, we kind of keep a little bit of extra distance between people, but we can still spend lots of time outside, get that bright natural light in our eyes early in the morning that is so helpful for us in synchronizing our circadian rhythms. Um, we can still do our exercise outside and in the same way as we would go out and work in the garden or do spring cleaning in the garage or go to the park, we can do all of those things. Um, if we choose and or if we end up kind of being more restricted in terms of movement, we can still do all of the things at home in terms of housekeeping. We can still um, you know, kind of engage physically with body weight exercises and, and kind of strength training in that way. And I think maybe the most important point in all of this is recognizing the value of the people in our innermost circle, what yeah. I call our anchor connections. Because this extra time at home, whether it's with our kids or our partners or other family members, gives us the opportunity to spend some time face-to-face -face expressing appreciation and gratitude and being very vulnerable and really deeply connecting. Because in times of stress, in times of anxiety, in times of uncertainty, those are the times when social support and feeling like we have a, a sense of belonging and people who really have our back is the most important thing. And so we have this kind of um, paradoxical opportunity to really reinvest in the people who matter most to us at the time when we most need the social support. And that's something I would really stress um, in this time. Yeah, no, that's great advice. Is there anything else you would like our listeners to know about your book before we wrap up? Sure. Um, one thing that I wanted to kind of point out, I mean, we, we, uh, the title is The Four Season Solution. What that's a reference to is that each season has a sort of um, stereotypical or archetypal um, experience that goes with it. And um, all of that comes from biology. All of that comes from the natural world. And there's a, a really powerful psycho-emotional experience that goes with each of those seasons that we can have in our everyday, every year, and across the course of our lifetime lives. And I think that's one of the more unique aspects of this book um, because we look at all of these different patterns, sort of expansion, contraction cycles, 
Um, and I don't see that expressed elsewhere in a coherent paradigm. So this is sort of my personal theory of everything, of like how to put it all together. And for people who don't know, what is uh, Whole30? Whole30 is a 30-day uh, nutritional experiment um, to help people learn based on evolutionary biology and the, the cutting-edge nutrition research what foods work best for them as individuals. Mm-hmm. So it's an opportunity to really dial in and to answer the question for yourself, what should I eat? And um, millions of people have done the Whole30 and millions have had profound transformative experiences when they can then take that information of what to eat for them and take that forward and make um, really educated food choices for the rest of their lives. Fantastic. I mention that because you're also a New York Times bestselling author of The Whole30 uh, and it starts with food, another book. So I'm going to give your website, Dallas Hartwig, H-A-R-T, WIG.com, anywhere else people can find you. Yeah, I'm also quite active on Instagram, which is at Dallas Hartwig, and uh, Facebook and Twitter as well, but Instagram is my primary social media platform. Fantastic. Dallas, thank you so much for calling into the show. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye-bye. That was Dallas Hartwig calling in to talk about his book, The Four Season Solution, if you missed any part of this. Everything is on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Our conversation will be up on the show blog within an hour after I wrap. And I want to mention KUCI's on Twitter at KUCI-FM, Instagram, KUCI-FM, Tumblr, blog.kuci.org, and Facebook, KUCI 88.9. We'll take a little break, and then we'll be back. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.